a couple months ago, some friends of ours here from the church took our family to see Cars 2 in 3D, this huge IMAX theater. And so you go IMAX, and I don't know if you've ever been there or not, but it's a huge screen, and you got the 3D glasses on, and it's stadium seating. And so we're kind of up, and um, my three-year-old landed sitting next to me, and this is his first 3D movie. And so, you know, we're watching the coming attractions, and the things are kind of coming out at him. And he's just not getting it. And he actually starts trying to push them back. Like he's going like this as they're coming at him. And I'm trying to explain to him, like, buddy, it's okay. You know, it's supposed to happen. It's kind of cool, you know. And, and he's just kind of like, I don't like this, you know. And he's kind of really resisting it and pushing it back. And so then uh, a few more minutes go by. And I'm, I'm thinking he's good. I'm kind of helping the other kids with popcorn and soda and all that kind of stuff. And all of a sudden I look at Landon and he, he, he's, he's going like this. And then he just grabs the 3D glasses and just chucks them. <laughs> Just had enough, man. Just launched them a few rows up. I was like, I'm going to get killed by that guy that got hit in the back of the head, you know? But I think what, he's, what he did with the 3D deal is, is what so often many of us do with the Holy Spirit. He, he didn't understand it. It seemed a little bit strange to him. Uh, and so he just got rid of it. And so often I think that's what we tend to do with the Holy Spirit. We kind of, you know, see again, we're back to the YouTube videos and the late night TV, which we've been talking about and all the weird things people do in the name of the Holy Spirit. And um, we're just kind of freaked out, some of us, you know, and we don't quite get a lot of the Holy Spirit and, and we don't understand why people do certain things and claim it's the Holy Spirit. And so we just kind of say, you know what, I'm just going to love Jesus and I'm going to love the Father. And if the Spirit kind of wants to do his thing in me, like behind the scenes, that's cool. But I'm not really going to pursue the Holy Spirit. I'm not really going to open my heart up to the Holy Spirit. And so we've been talking for this will be our fourth week about how, man, when we do that, we're missing out so much. And that, like, like, like we said that first week, Jesus said it would be better for him to leave so he could send us the Holy Spirit. That's a huge statement. And so we want to continue to talk about what the Holy Spirit does, because that's the question. All right, so we know what Jesus did. He died for us. The Father kind of is orchestrator and overall things and sovereign God. And we kind of like, you know, our, our hearts get warm. We think about the Father and we're the Son. It's just a powerful thing. But the Spirit, I don't quite know what the Spirit does. And so tonight what we're going to talk about is the spiritual gifts that the Holy Spirit wants to give, okay? Now, spiritual gifts, okay, it's not Christmas time, right? These spiritual gifts are things that the Holy Spirit wants to give us, these supernatural, really, abilities that the Holy Spirit wants to give us so that we can help people that don't know there's a God know there's a God, and so that we can come alongside Christians and strengthen them and encourage them. And as soon as I said that, you had an immediate thought in your mind of either, oh, I'm really going to like this message or I'm really not going to like this message. Okay. And here's what I want to do. I want to say this. Okay. The Holy Spirit and using the Spirit's gifts is a really difficult thing to do biblically. We have so screwed this up as the church around the world. We have either gone one of two ways. We've, we've leaned one way or the other, because basically, um, using the Holy Spirit and the spiritual gifts the way that God desires us to, it's like walking a tightrope. Okay, you know those guys at the circus, you watch them, those ladies or whatever, they're up in their ballerina thingies and they're doing their thing and you're like, don't lean, don't lean, you know, stay balanced, you know, do your thing. And, and you know, if they lean one way, it's going to be bad. They lean another way, it's going to be bad. And when Kelly was a little girl, um, her and her brothers were out in their yard and they were doing a circus. And so they set up two chairs and, and they took a broomstick and they put it across. And this was the ballerina tight wire here. And uh, so Kelly got up on this thing as a little girl. And as she's walking across balancing, the thing snapped and she fell and like gashed her chin. And I actually grow this facial hair in memorial to that, in case you were wondering why I always have this here, okay? Um, but that, this, what exactly what happened to her is, is what happens to us, okay? We're, we're, we're trying to walk this tightrope. Right? And it's kind of like, oh, that's interesting. The gifts of the Holy Spirit. 
and, and we go one of two ways, we get ourselves in trouble. Okay? Some of us in the room, as we kind of walk this tightrope or try to walk it, we end up leaning toward the freedom side. And the freedom side basically just says anything goes. You know, if, if I feel like the Holy Spirit's, you know, asking me to do something, I will bark like a dog. I will run around like a chicken. I will roll on the floor. I will scream and yell and whatever I need to do as long as the Holy Spirit's telling me to do it. And you've seen the YouTube videos to prove all that, right? And so the damaging thing about going that way, like this whole freedom, I can kind of do what I want thing, is that as you lean that way, you end up really, I mean, the first biggest thing I can think of is you really end up hurting people who don't believe in God. I think that's probably the the worst part of this is people looking at this going, if that's Christianity, I want nothing to do with it. But I think also as you lean that way and then you're, you're kind of like, honestly, you're like abusing the Holy Spirit and abusing the spiritual gifts and misusing them. And I think there's so much misunderstanding and so much damage that's been done in church world. And some of you guys are the byproduct of that. Some of you guys would say, I grew up in a church like that or I had a friend like that or I just watched too many late night shows like that that I don't really want any of the Holy Spirit. And see, that's the other problem. Okay, so we kind of have the freedom crowd, which is anything goes and we can go crazy. And then we have this word, we don't use it all that much, but it makes sense and it's what, what Paul talks about in Scripture. The word I want you to think about if you lean to the right, that's your left, um, is the word quench, okay? Paul says in Scripture, he says, don't quench the Spirit, okay? You got a fire going, and I take this bottle of water, and I just dump it on it, and I just, I've quenched the flames. I've, I've put out the flames that that, that fire was causing. And so we, some of us in the room, we, we, we've seen this, and we've disliked it to the point that we actually leaned the other way, and now if the Holy Spirit wanted to do anything in our lives, if he wanted to use some of these spiritual gifts in our lives, we're like, no, 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 no. I've seen too much craziness and wackiness for that. And so what do we do? Well, it's walking this tightrope. It's difficult. It's challenging. It's hard. But guys, stick with me here. It's worth it. It's worth it. It's powerful when we get it right. When God, by his grace, we don't become crazy fanatics and we don't become you know, people who are, oh, we can't do that because we want to be so extra careful. And the Holy Spirit just has no room to do what he wants to do in our lives. And so I don't know where you are. You might be walking the tightrope right now in life, you know, really trying to stay in step with the Holy Spirit like we've talked about. And God's using you. You may be leaning a little bit toward the freedom crazy way. You may be leaning a little bit toward the quench way. But tonight I hope that you will really jump on this tightrope with us. And we can just walk together toward God and toward the Holy Spirit and what he wants to be doing in our lives. Now, if you're not a Christian, you might be thinking, wow, tight ropes and weird facial hair and all kinds of crazy stuff. And you know what the truth is, guys? Tonight, we just really want you to know that God is real, that the craziness that maybe you've seen and some of the misuse and some of the abuse you've seen, uh, be it firsthand or on TV or whatever it might be, isn't what the Bible says is supposed to happen. And we're actually going to spend tonight, and then when I come back in September, we're going to really go in depth and, and talk about some of the restrictions that Paul puts on the Christians in, in Corinth. Because the truth is, is we're going to look at, at the scripture tonight, we're going to see that that was their problem. Like, if you want to know, why did, why did Paul write the letter to the Corinthians? Have you ever asked yourself that, you know? Like I've said before, he didn't just write random letters and say, yeah, send this one to Corinth and this one to Rome. Like, he was addressing certain problems. And you know what the Corinthians' problem was? They were leaning to the left. They, they were crazy. They had found forgiveness of sins. They had found salvation. And they ended up becoming completely crazy with these spiritual gifts. 
and they were basically the, the YouTubers of their day, okay? They were the late night people that scare us, all right? And so Paul actually writes this letter to kind of reel them back in and say, guys, these are real gifts, and this is what I hope you guys that, that lean the other way that say, oh, let's, let's quench the spirit. Um, I hope you'll see that Paul's not saying don't use these gifts. He's saying these are powerful, these are real, these are necessary. He's just saying there's, there's got to be some order here, though. There's got to be some restriction put on this so that it's not just all this madness and craziness. Because, honestly, his biggest reason, and we're going to get into that in a few weeks, is he doesn't want unbelievers walking in going, this, this is nuts. I don't want anything to do with this. He actually says, you don't want people who aren't Christians to walk into your church and say, are you crazy? Are you mad? He goes, English. Are you mad? You know, I mean, just that's a great English word. It's English. I don't know. Um, and so we just want to talk tonight about what this really looks like. What does it look like to walk this? Because I don't know about you. I want to get this right. And I'm telling you, man, watch out for the group of people that gets this right. Watch how God will use them. Watch the loss that will be reached. Watch the Christians that will grow. Watch what God will do. And so I'm excited about tonight because really, honestly, I get to talk a lot about the vision of our church and what God is calling us to do and to be. And so let's check out uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. I really thought that mad thing was going to be a lot funnier. Oh, well. Um, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 4. All right, and here's what he says, and this is, this is huge, and we're going to spend most of our time just tearing apart this front part, and then we'll explain some of the spiritual gifts and kind of get into it a little bit. 1 Corinthians 12, 4, it says this, There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but the same God works all of them in all men. Now, this is so huge, guys. If we can get verse 7 and live it out, this is what it is to walk the tightrope, Okay. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. Okay? I know, big weird words. Let's talk about it real quick, okay? Each one, the manifestation. What that means is, to each one that God gives a spiritual gift, okay, these kinds of things we're going to talk about tonight, these supernatural awesome things that God wants to do to show us that He's there, to show us He knows what we're going through. You know, some of you guys that are in the room that are sick tonight physically, you know, he wants to touch you. He wants to show up and do something huge, okay? Some of you guys are wondering, what, what directions am my life supposed to take? Um, you know, who am I supposed to marry? Where am I supposed to be? Like, he wants to speak to you. So, so the things we're talking about tonight are good and cool and amazing, but this is what's so important. He says, the reason they exist, the reason these gifts exist is not for you. It's not for me. It's not so I can stand up and call myself a prophet, you know, and have my prophetic cape flying in the wind, you know. It's not for me to feel like I'm some great guy. It's not for you to feel like you're all that. Okay, it's for the common good. It's for us, okay? And this is what the church at large has gotten wrong time and time again, okay? What has happened is, for the people that are over in the freedom group, what they've done is, is they've said, oh, Yes, the Spirit, I'm in love with God, and and this is about me. It's about, and they wouldn't say this out loud. They don't realize this is what they're doing, but they're saying, oh, man, I am going to just express myself how I want and my love for God, and I'm going to use these gifts. And, And really, it's so about that person. And he's saying, look, it's for the common good. It's for everybody. So catch this tonight, and this is huge, and this is really big for the vision here at this specific church, okay? This This is what he's saying. I I think Paul, and as we're going to talk about in three weeks when I'm back, Paul is really asking everyone to ask this question. 
Okay, he's saying, okay, Christians, when you gather, if if you read Paul, if you read through Corinthians, especially if you read through what he says, he's asking Christians to have this thought running through their mind all the time when they're in church. And the question is this, how is what I'm doing right now affecting those around me? That's the question. How is what I'm doing right now affecting those around me? You see, because so often in church world, we're like, oh, it's about me. It's about this feeling. It's about this emotion. It's about this passion. And that's all fine and good. And we need that. You know, I'm, again, we're walking the tightrope here. Okay. But what he's saying is, all right, especially when it comes to these spiritual gifts, these are about the people around you. And we're going to put some restrictions on how you use them because we want to make sure that the people around you get the picture that God really wants them to get. And so this is big for us because we feel like we're a church and we know this, God just has led us this way, that it's going to reach Christians and non-Christians. We, we desperately want to reach both so badly. We, we want Christians to grow deep in their faith and mature and become disciples of Jesus and, and just grow so much. And at the same time, in the same breath, we want people who have no idea who God is and don't love God and don't think like Christians and you know, want nothing to do with it to walk in and to see the love of God and the grace of God and see their lives changed, okay? So this makes this whole tightrope thing all that more important, okay? Because usually there's a church that reaches one of those groups well, you know? Most churches reach Christians really, really well, okay? They'll, they'll you know, their teaching is, you know, deep and this and that, and they're a beast of revelation and all this kind of stuff, and everybody's scratching their head, and, you know, they're happy and writing notes and stuff. Nothing against writing notes and scratching your head. I have a head and scratch it sometimes, but... um. And so that's their deal. Or they're kind of like the free church and everyone's just freaking out, okay? And so that's the, that's the Christian church. You know, we want to reach Christians, okay? And then there's the church that's going for the non-Christians, man. And they're doing anything they can to get non-Christians in the door, man. They got like Derek Jeter speaking. He doesn't even love Jesus. Doesn't matter. Like, get him in here so we can fill, you know, we're giving away a car. We're going to give away $1,000 on Easter. I mean, just whatever it takes to get people in the building, okay? And you know what? Rock on. If that is the call of God on those churches, then do it. I'm not coming down on them hard, even though I'm poking a little fun. But here we know that God's called us to reach Christians and non-Christians. So do you know, you know what that means for us? It means we do things a little differently here. Okay? And this is what it means. And honestly, I think this is the biblical way. I think this is exactly what Paul's going to say in a few weeks, like you're going to see. Okay? But this is what this looks like. All right? It's freedom within a framework. Does that make sense? Freedom within a framework, really within a biblical framework, okay? Let me explain. Uh, these walls are up because they're framed out, okay? I've actually spent a lot of time up in that ceiling, not for fun, just hanging out, but running wires and all kinds of craziness. And, and you know what? I can see the frames up there, and I can see everything that's framed out down the walls, you know? And, and, and here we are inside this framework right now. You know, I can walk around, I can, I can talk to somebody, I can do what I want, and so I have some freedom but I'm within this framework, you know? And I think about the green room, which is our youth group on Friday nights, and we always tell the kids, stay in the building, especially in the winter. Stay in the building, right? Don't go outside. And you can hang out in here. You can have some fun. You can laugh. You can throw balls at Joey's head. That's fine, all right? But there's freedom, right, within the framework. So, so stay in the framework, but you have some freedom in here, okay? And that's what Paul is helping establish with these people. He's saying, look, you're going to have spiritual gifts, you know what? And you're going to have these worship services and you're going to meet as a church. And there needs to be some freedom so that the, you, know, you guys don't quench the Holy Spirit. 
But he's saying there's a framework. Okay, there are things that are put in place so that Christians are reached and that non-Christians can walk in and not go, these people are insane. Okay? Now, what does this look like? Okay? And, uh, and you're going to see this really fleshed out in a couple of weeks. But here is basically what Paul says. Okay? Basically, if it's you and God in your room at home, then you can just go for it. Do whatever you want, man. You know, like go after God, do your thing, whatever it might be. You know, you can jump around, you can scream and yell, and you can sit quietly, you can lay on the floor and whatever, okay? And then he said, and, and then as you read Paul and you, and you start to realize what kind of restrictions he kind of puts on, when a Christian, add a Christian to that mix, okay? Say, say uh, uh, it's you and God here, you're here early at church, and all of a sudden a Christian walks in the room. You know what happens? Paul puts some restrictions on you. And he says, okay. What you could do before God when it was just you and him now changes because another person in the room. And then when somebody who doesn't believe in God walks in, there's even more restriction put on so that people don't come in and say these people are crazy. Okay, so there's freedom. He's saying don't quench the spirit. Don't go crazy. Okay, and so what I pray for us, guys, what I pray for us is that we'll be a church that has freedom the Holy Spirit's moving, and I think that's what's happening right now. Okay? I don't know about you. I feel, I've talked with the staff, I've talked with many of you, the Holy Spirit's doing something unique in us right now. He's doing something cool. He's drawing us closer. I think we feel it. Okay? But what we don't want to happen is what so often seems to happen, which is then, you know, the enemy comes in and says, oh, the Holy Spirit's doing something real here. I've got to, you know, twist this so that it goes bad, and he makes us all weird, or... He twists some of you to quench the spirit and to stop this thing, which you know he hates what God's doing right now. And so I think if I could say anything, it would just be let's walk this tightrope. Let's do this. Let, let, let's be careful to have freedom within this framework. And man, again, watch out for what God will do. Let me paint this picture for you. I think I'll hopefully make it a little bit more personal, Okay. Paul's about to say, okay, here are the gifts of the Spirit. Later, he's going to put the restrictions on, kind of make the framework, which we'll see in a couple of weeks, all right? And he's wanting them to be sure that they're not going to be going all crazy and stuff. And you know what? I just want you to think about it this way. I, I actually don't even want you to think of it as, uh, as completely abstract. I want you to think of a, a person. Think of the person in your life that you care for that doesn't know God right now. And you have been spending time with this person. You've been telling them about how much God's done in your life. You've been encouraging them. You've been praying for them. You've been giving, like, slipping Bibles in there, you know. Like, I mean, everything you can do, all right? You preset their stations on the radio to Christian. Well, there's no really good Christian station around. But anyway, if there were, you preset the stations and you do your thing. And, okay, and you know what? Guess what? They called you. They called you. And they said that they're coming tonight. Right? So now they're sitting next to you. And just think about this. Guys, this isn't, this isn't maybe what every church does. This is what we feel biblically we're called to do. Okay? They're sitting next to you. How do you want the people around you to act tonight? How do you want them to act? Do you want them to be the YouTube video where everyone's screaming and yelling and freaking out? Do you want them to quench the spirit? Do you want them to... to you know, hold back and, and, and you know, kind of, well, I don't know if we should go after the Holy Spirit. No, you want them walking the tightrope. Because you know that God might do something powerful. And if we quench the Spirit, 
then there's no hope. And if we go crazy, they're, they're going to get freaked out and run away. And you know what, guys? Those of you who are sitting here imagining having somebody next to you right now, having that neighbor, that friend, that family member right next to you right now, guess what? The people behind you, the people next to you, you might be sitting next to somebody else's neighbor, somebody else's friend. And they're glad tonight that we're not running around swinging from the trusses. And so I think, guys, that the way we act in here says so much to the world. It says so much. I've had neighbors come here. I've had the lady who lives in our apartment. She's come here several times. I've had friends I'm inviting. I know so many of you do. And my prayer is, guys, and this is so big, and gosh, we would be light years ahead if we get this, okay? Our prayer is, is that we will have this freedom to worship God, to pursue the Holy Spirit, and to use the spiritual gifts without falling off the deep end. So that no matter what, you always feel comfortable to invite someone who doesn't know Jesus. And you know what? Does that mean you might not be as free to do some things you might feel like doing? Yeah. But when it's your neighbor sitting next to you, you'll be thankful that that's the kind of church we're in. And I really believe as you read through and as you see what we're going in a couple weeks, you'll see that even Paul thinks that way. You see, this is so interesting. And this was mind-blowing for me as I'm studying this. We always hear, and don't misquote me, and I'm going on vacation for two weeks, so if you're mad, send me an email in three weeks, okay? But, okay, we always think, and I've heard this, and I've said this, right? I don't care what anybody thinks but God. I don't care what anybody around me thinks but God. And I realized as I was studying this how messed up that is because if you care what God thinks, do you know what he thinks? He thinks you should care what the people around you think. Not so that it hinders your worship, not so that it hinders your using these gifts, but he wants you to have that question running, running through your mind. Is what I'm doing right now, is how I'm using this spiritual gift, is how I'm worshiping, is how I'm talking, is how I'm, whatever it might be, while you're here gathered in this room, is it for the common good? How is it affecting the unbeliever behind me? How is it affecting the person sitting next to me? How is it affecting the Christian across the row? See, Paul gets us thinking outside ourselves. And so again, don't misquote me. We want to have freedom within a framework. Some of, some of the objections that come to mind are, well, what about that verse where the Spirit of the Lord is? There's freedom. So how can we put any restriction on it? Well, that verse has nothing to do with corporate worship. It's talking about how because of what Jesus did on the cross, we don't have to earn our salvation. And we're free from trying to earn it. That's what that verse is talking about. Okay, so again, freedom within a framework. A beautiful, powerful, amazing thing for worship, for our prayer together, for um, these spiritual gifts that he's about to list off. And so I kind of spent a lot of time talking to you guys who are kind of in the freedom group here, okay? Now I hope to excite you guys that are in the freedom group about the spiritual gifts. And those of you guys who are on the quench side, I really hope and pray that you'll get excited as we just jump through this. And we're going to go through these quick. Like I said, we spent the bulk of the message right there because I think it's so huge and so important for what God's calling us to. But let's check out what these spiritual gifts look like and uh, how exciting they are. They're incredible. Uh, Verse 8 says, To one there's given through the Spirit the message of wisdom. Okay? Now this is just usually called the word of wisdom. And a bunch of you guys have this here. I I was so encouraged I was studying through this because I kept writing after each line, Wow, some people here have that gift. Like I see the Spirit of God doing these things in and through you guys, which is so cool. So the Spirit of wisdom is just simply when... Somebody has God-given wisdom. 
Like, it's clearly not a natural wisdom. It's clearly beyond their years. It's, it's just like everyone's talking and trying to figure it out. And then somebody just goes, you know what? I just feel like God's saying this. And it's like, <laughs> genius, you know, and that's it. You know, our conversation over, okay? And I love the Greek thought here is this. It's wisdom that God imparts to those who are close to God. So it's this intimate relationship and God's giving this awesome wisdom. Next one says, and I love this one, to another the message of knowledge by means of the same spirit. Now this is called word of knowledge, okay? And a ton of you guys here have this. This is the one that's most used in our church. And it's so awesome because uh, what this is is just somebody who doesn't know something. You see that word knowledge there, okay? It's not like book knowledge or anything like that. It's like knowledge that you didn't have and suddenly God dropped it in your mind or your heart to share with somebody. And the person you share it with is like, how did you know that? And that happens every single week here in the prayer time. And I'm so thankful for it. So many people will come up and many of you guys have experienced this and you're like, ah, the God doesn't want to spit, say anything. He's not real. He's not, right? People come up, they get prayed for by a couple of people just nice and quietly up here who were just led by the Holy Spirit. And by the end of the prayer, they're either crying or they're looking back with eyes like bugged out. How did you know everything I'm going through right now? I've never met you before. I haven't even told my best friend that. No one on earth knows I was going through those things. And we kind of look back and go, yeah, that's because God knew it. (laughs) That's the word of knowledge. So powerful. You know what? My wife and I prayed with uh, Seth and Jess at the six. Just asked for prayer for Kelly's uh, healing and the continual stuff going on with her. And you know what? About an hour ago, we sat on this very stage and experienced that gift in such a powerful and awesome way. God was just speaking through these guys like so powerfully stuff right into Kelly and my situation they had no idea about. We haven't talked with anybody about. So powerful and so exciting. I mean, just think about it for a second, all right? You are trying to tell somebody about God. You're trying to invite them to church and suddenly you just feel like God puts something on your heart and you say it to them. You're like, how'd you, they're like, how'd you know that? Like, are, are, are you kidding me? Like, have you been reading my emails? Like my journal? Like what, what's going on here? And you, no, man, I just, I felt like God had that. I think they might come. <laughs> I think they might go, wow, I want to look in to this God stuff and see. It's, it's incredible. It's powerful, all right? Another one, verse 9, to another faith by the same Spirit. So it's the gift of faith, okay? So this is the person who has just tremendous faith. We have some of you here tonight. And I hope that God continues to develop this gift in us. Just this incredible faith that cannot be stopped, you know? Um, it's the person who is still praying for the person that's about to die. The family has made all the funeral arrangements and, and this person is still believing God could touch them and heal them. It is the person who believes we could raise like every ounce of Seth's money he needs to go on the missions trip tonight. You know what I mean? Like just, God, I pray for that exact amount and boom, I just have this faith. It's the person even who is, who is still believing in faith that the Mets could actually win the World Series this year. I mean, this person has great faith, okay? All right? But I really hope and pray that God will just continue to develop this. And some of you guys have this. And my hope is even as I'm going through this list, that you'll start to recognize, if you haven't already, some of the incredible things that God has placed in you. Another one is one of my favorite too. Another, gifts of healing by that one spirit. So it's praying for somebody that's sick and seeing them healed physically, maybe emotionally, maybe relationally, psychologically, even mentally just seeing some kind of incredible healing taking place. And we've seen a ton of this. And it's so awesome. And I, I, we only want to see more. We only trust God to continue to do these things, okay? So you guys that lean toward the quench side, are you with me? Are you seeing that, okay, don't let all the weird, crazy people over here 
freak you out. These are things that God wants to be doing in and through your life and mine. Verse 10 says, to another, he gives miraculous powers, okay? What's the difference between miracles and healings? Well, pretty much a miracle is anything that's miraculous and not a healing, okay, if that makes sense. Like, for example, uh, Ryan, obviously, like you guys know, crashed his car a couple weeks ago, and uh, he wasn't healed, but literally the words out of the cop's mouth were, it's a miracle, you're all right, okay? And so the miracle was the protection up front, not the healing after, okay? Um, I think of some examples of miracles in Scripture. It's when Jesus, like, walks on water or he takes the fish and the loaves and he feeds 10,000 people, okay? So it's not a healing, but it's this supernatural, amazing, miraculous thing. And, um, you know, the Spirit wants to be using us to be seeing these kinds of things. Um, The next one says, to another prophecy. Prophecy. And again, this is another one that a lot of you guys have. God's given the ability to see this. And, uh, you know, those of you guys who go to like quench churches, okay, um, or grew up in a quench church, I did. I grew up in a quench church. Well, I shouldn't say that. It wasn't completely quench church. It was quenchiness. And uh, so in this quenchiness church, and uh, what, they, what they would do, what they would teach about prophecy is that anyone who preached, like right now, I would be prophesying. In other words, because I'm speaking truth. That's what it means to preach. It means to prophesy truth, okay? But the Greek word for this actually talks about much more than just speaking truth. It talks about actually um, you know, helping people see God's will. And it's, it's, it's clear that it's prophecy like we would know it and not just sort of, uh, oh, well, I'm declaring the word of God, so I'm a prophet, okay? And, and so in my, in my experience, I think a lot of people that explain it that way are just you know, a little uneasy with the gifts of the Spirit. So they say, oh, yeah, that's a prophet. You know, they just kind of preach the truth. But, man, I, I, I've been so blessed. And, and, and let me just say, for those of you guys who are looking at me like I'm insane, that I grew up, like I said, in the quenchiness church. And you know what? For 22 years of my life, thought all this stuff was garbage. Okay, so I probably should have said that up front. Okay, so if you're not a Christian tonight or you are a Christian and you grew up in a, you're in a quenchiness church, okay, um, you need to know that I was that guy who didn't believe in any of this, saw the, all the abuses, saw all the craziness, and just ran the other way. Used to make fun of this stuff. Okay, and I've been so thankful in the last 10 years of my life that God has shown up in such an awesome way, uh, not like it's me, uh, through other people to, to, to help me see that this stuff is legit and real. Um, to another distinguishing between spirits, okay? Um, what this means is that you can tell what's going on behind the scenes, okay? So somebody comes in and says, oh, I'm so mad, this happened, and you just look at him and you're like, don't give me that. I see right through that and I know exactly why you're acting like this. You can see through it. Somebody's projecting like, oh, I'm this, I'm that. And no, no, that's not really what's going on. You see right through it. And you know what? The person might not even know it about themselves. They might think, you know, this is the reason I've been so angry lately. And God just gives you the ability to see right through all that garbage and just look right at them and say, what about this? What about this thing that's going on in your life? Or what about that? And God just used that to bring some freedom to those people. Now, the next one is uh, the most abused, misunderstood, misused, and so I'm going to spend an entire message on it in a couple weeks, okay? And here's what it is. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues, and to still another, the interpretation of tongues. And all I can say about this right now, guys, is that there's a lot that goes into this, and it's in there. It's in the Bible, which means God wants it there which means the Spirit of God wants to be doing it. And this one, I have a, if I'm just honest, I have a really hard time with. 
because I've seen so much abuse and so much fakeness. But it's in Scripture, and we have to go with Scripture, even when we don't like it. And so we're going to spend, in a couple weeks, we're going to just take the whole night and tear it apart. What does this mean? What are the restrictions? Both prophecy and speaking in tongues have huge frameworks built around them. Paul puts huge restrictions on these two gifts. And we're going to see that in a few weeks, what that looks like. But again, this is the freedom within a framework. Now verse 11 says, All these are the work of one and the same Spirit, and He gives them to each one just as He determines. And that's so important that we understand that, guys. Because it's not what you or I determine. It's not even what you or I ask for. I'm not saying it's wrong to ask for certain gifts. I'm just saying that ultimately, it's up to the one who determines who gets what gift. And not all of us are going to be prophets. Not all of us are going to be, you have the gift of faith or the gift of healing or gift of discernment. And that's the purpose. We're supposed to need each other. We're supposed to be able to rely on each other like that. And so it's up to him. I think of Christmas morning, Landon's getting to the age now where some of his toys are more tempting to Cade, you know? Like a year ago, two years ago, I was like, oh, cool, you got a ball with a button on it. You know what I mean? It's like, great. You know, and now it's like, Cade's like, I kind of wanted Iron Man, you know? And I'm like, no, 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 buddy, no, sorry. You know, I'm just thankful Bryn's the only girl because like Kate's not going to be like, I want a doll that pees and stuff. You know what I mean? Just, so I'm so thankful that Kate and Bryn, you know, but, but Landon's at that age. And so, you know, that, that kind of upsetness. And, and I'm not going to sit there and go, you know what, buddy? All right, you know, Landon, give me Iron Man. You know, it's not about who wants the gift there. It's about the giver and where the gift's supposed to go. And so that's what the Spirit does. He says, all right, you know what? Andrew, man, I'm going to give that kid this gift because he's going to need that. And Brennan's going to need that gift. And I'm going to give the gifts out as I, as I know they're needed. And so we need to be going after God for these things and trusting that he knows what's supposed to go where. And so tonight, whichever way you lean, I hope you will jump on the tightrope. And I hope you will say, you know what? For the sake of reaching Christians and non-Christians, I'm okay with some of my freedom being a little bit boxed in here if that's what Scripture calls me to do. And if you kind of lean the quench way, I hope tonight you will say, I want to live a life where I can pray for someone and see them healed. I want to live a life where I could be talking with a friend in a conversation who doesn't believe in Jesus and suddenly the Spirit of God could give me a word of knowledge. That's the kind of life I want to live. And guys, I've been saying this a lot lately, but I used to think that a lot of this stuff was like for the super Christians. But you know what, guys? if we don't have these spiritual gifts and we don't actively pursue the Holy Spirit for them, then you know what? We're just simply not going to live the Christian life God's called us to. It's not just like a little add-on. It's not just a little, oh, well, you, you've really, you graduated high school now, so you get, here's college, okay, you get your, okay? We need these spiritual gifts or we won't carry out the mission God's called us to carry out. And so what I want you to know is that the Holy Spirit gives us powerful gifts to use for him, to use for him, for the common good. It's not about you. It's not about me. It's about worshiping in a way. It's about praying in a way. It's about using these spiritual gifts in a way that will benefit those sitting around us. So we have to have this question in mind when we're here in this building. The question is, how will what I'm doing right now affect those around me? Don't let that question hinder you. Don't let it be like, you know, something that you feel like is choking you and you can't connect with God anymore. Obviously, then we're going to the quenching side. That's why it's this hard, hard thing.
to say, all right, I'm going to have freedom within a framework here in this place. And so I want you guys, and I pray you guys, will pursue God for these things. Paul says, eagerly desire the spiritual gifts. And so if you're a quencher, you know what? Then Paul is talking to you tonight. He's saying, you know what? Don't put out the Holy Spirit. Don't stop what he wants to do, but eagerly desire these spiritual gifts. So if you're a Christian and you're interested, and you're like, man, I would love for this to happen, be asking, be asking. God, I eagerly desire, I want, I want to see what you have for me. If some of the gifts you have have come out here or there, God, continue to develop them, continue to develop this gift so that I can use it for you, for the common good. And if you're not interested, can I ask you to just pray a prayer? Can I just ask you to be honest with God and say, God, I got to tell you, this stuff freaks me out. And I don't like this. And you know how I was hurt when I was a kid or how I saw this or that and what a mess it made of my life or my family's life. Or, but you know what, God? If scripture says it's powerful and scripture says it's what a Christian is supposed to do, then I'm going to pursue you and ask you to help me through this. I want to show you guys a video to close because I want you to see the potential. I want you to see the power of a spiritual gift being used. Rachel is one of the ladies who comes to our church. She was at her community group a few months back and her community group allowed God to use them. Their spiritual gifts were used in an awesome way and uh, something really neat happened. And this is the potential. This is why this message matters. So let's check out this video. My name is Rachel. I've been going to Collision for about a year now. Um, when I started going, I was still dealing with a heart problem I was diagnosed with a couple of years back that I've been dealing with since childhood called vasovagal syncope. It basically is a problem with my brain telling my heart when to raise my blood pressure. So I'll pass out. Um, it can also cause your body to go into shock. You can have seizures. Pregnancy is really difficult. Um, I was told like a lot of things that I was going to have to be dealing with for the rest of my life and it limited my day-to-day activities. Um, it wasn't that I didn't believe that God could heal me or that God, you know, could heal anyone in general, that that stuff didn't continue to happen, but I had this idea in my head that God wanted me to bear my cross as my heart problem and I don't know, that was my basic cop-out. So a few months ago, I went to community group, and in my community group, we had prayer time, and I was starting to think about a lot of things at that time about, like, God's character and who God is, and just kind of breaking down a lot of strongholds that I had believed about God's character and whether or not he really desired for me to have this problem. And from what had happened with a friend of mine dying from cancer, young, she was a missionary. We all had prayed for her and she still passed away. I had a really hard time believing that God would want to heal me because who was I compared to her, the missionary? And that night I remember praying, you know, God, maybe you don't want me to deal with this. Maybe you do want me to walk and not faint. And if you do, you know, like show me that you want me to be praying for this. And while I was praying that prayer, 
my girlfriend sitting next to me turned to me and said, I feel like God just wants me to pray for your heart problem. So I said, okay. And she prayed for me, and that night I decided not to take my heart medication. And I was like, okay, God, if you can do this, so if this is what you choose to do, then this is what you choose to do. And if not, you're still God, and that's not going to change anything. So the next day I was okay, and the day after that I got really, really sick, and I had to take the medication again. And about five days later we had community group again, and I told my friends what happened, and she told our leader, and they both decided, let's all as a group pray for Rachel, which they did. And that night, again, I didn't take my heart pill, and I was like, okay, God, again, if you choose to do this, I believe that you can. And I haven't taken a heart pill since that night, and I've gone to my doctor, and I've had tests, and it's gone. And I really believe that God healed me just to show me and to give me that testimony to other people that it's not about me. It's all about going back to God and knowing Him and trusting Him with my life. So, Father, we thank you so much, God, for what you did in Rachel and uh, so many others. And, and God, what an incredible um, gift it is that week in and week out, these gifts are active. We thank you for that. We thank you that um, you've been so merciful. And I just stand here um, knowing I'm just a, such a mess apart from you, God. And, and I'm just somebody that's received so much grace from you. And uh, it's all because of you that any of us have seen anything supernatural, anything that would point us to Jesus, anything that would change us. And, and convince us that you're there. So thank you, God. Thank you, Spirit. And we just pray as a church, you help us walk this tightrope, that you'll help us see that spiritual gifts are an incredible, incredible thing, and that you want to be using us, that life as a Christian shouldn't be boring and shouldn't be routine and shouldn't be mundane, but that you should be speaking and leading and we should be seeing people healed and just set free and all kinds of incredible things. And so please help us, God. We want to be those people so bad. We want to do what Jesus did. And so help us, Spirit of God. If you're a Christian, would you take some time just praying those prayers, eagerly desiring the spiritual gifts, asking Him to show you what your spiritual gifts are, or asking Him to um, continue to use those things and develop them. Or Again, like I said, if you're just not into this, just being real and saying, God, I don't want this, but if your word says that it's necessary, if this power of the Holy Spirit is, is needed, if Jesus did these things, if the disciples did these things and, and used these spiritual gifts, then I want all that you have for me. So just spend some time with him. If you're not a Christian tonight, I hope you see that I don't think God ever meant for it to be all crazy and out of control. In fact, we know that because his word shows us it's not supposed to be like that. And I, let me apologize to you for the church at large and say that um, I believe people who have done those things love Jesus and maybe are just misguided. I know that there's things we've all struggled with and been misguided at different times in our lives. And I've been saying this a lot recently, but we're not a perfect group of people, but hopefully we're genuine and, and truly loving God. And um, he, we can say this, he's changed us and he's made us something that we weren't before and he's given us so many things we never had before and so if you are at all interested in a relationship with him then um, 
I would love to give you an opportunity to respond and to put your faith in Jesus tonight and to have him as Savior and to invite the Holy Spirit into your life to begin to do some incredible things. So you can pray uh, just something like this if you want to tonight. Jesus, thank you for your death on the cross for me. Thank you for rising from the dead desiring for me to have a relationship with you. I pray you save me and forgive me. And I invite the Holy Spirit into my life. And I pray more and more I'll know what it is to love and to know you. Amen.